Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. My name is Crystal. I see a lot of new faces. Um, So if it's your first time, welcome. My name is Crystal. Um, For anyone who doesn't know me, um, I really love that we started off with such a beautiful worship. My gosh, Sasha, where are you at? Okay. Okay. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful worship, and I love that we started today off with gratitude. Um, It is such a powerful frequency to live in. When you have gratitude, you have everything, even in the moments when, you know, life is doing what life does (laughs) and it's just you know on this roller coaster ride sometimes we have our ups sometimes we have the downs and the way down sometimes can give you that real immense feeling um, in your stomach or just in general and gratitude is what really brings us back home to our center to ourselves to who we are at our core and I would like to continue for us um, to be in that space of gratitude during this centering prayer. Um, Before I got up here, someone in the crowd requested that we do a little bit more of belly breathing today because he's going through a hard time medically. And so when we're breathing today, if you can just put your focus on your bellies. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with chakras or energy centers, but the sacral chakra and our root chakra, there are survival instincts. And so when we feel like we're maybe in some financial distress or you feel like you're not far enough in life because societal norms, I guess, It's all stored, all that energy, um, that survival energy, that fight or flight energy is stored in our sacral and it's stored in our root. Um, And so to get to the core of that, we breathe and we let go and we forgive and we find acceptance. And some, hello, can you guys? Okay, Um, and sometimes it, it takes, it's an everyday practice. And so today we're gonna start with that, of course, some deep belly breathing, some beautiful frequencies with the sound bowl, and just ground into this moment. And we take the energy that we ground into today and we bring it with us for the rest of the week. You know, last thing, we are these beautiful spiritual beings living this human experience. It's not the other way around. The human experience is what is external but we are these beautiful spiritual beings, your spirit, your soul, the reason why you're here on this earth. It is 
for us to remember who we are as consciousness. And so we take that with us and we close our eyes when you're ready. And just a deep breath, just cleanse. Use this moment to cleanse. Deep inhale through the nose. And a deep exhale out of the mouth. We let it go together. Deep inhale through the nose. And we let go together out through the mouth. We let go. We let go of the insecurities. We let go of the self-doubt. We let go of any anger. Deep inhale. And a deep exhale, we let go. Let's ground into this moment. Deep inhale. And we let go. Deep exhale through the mouth. Deep inhale through the nose. together we let go out through the mouth beautiful feel your body as it begins to float as you begin to ground into this present moment as it is all that we have all that we have is this beautiful present moment Deep inhale. Allow us to let go together. Exhale. I'd like for you to set your intention for this practice. Take a moment. As we breathe, we leave that intention at the forefront of our mind. And let's breathe into that intention, deep inhale. And deep exhale.
Breathe in through the nose. Three, two, one. Let's hold it. Send the breath to your belly. Three, two, one. We exhale. Beautiful. So we do a slow breath in through the nose for three seconds. Inhale. Three, two, one. Let's hold it for three, two, one. And exhale. breathe for two we inhale for one and we hold it hold it at that intention at the forefront of your mind three two one and we let go feel how calm your soul is right now The illusion of separation is what keeps us apart. It's what makes us believe that we are not connected to one another. It's what makes us believe that we are disconnected from our dreams, that they're somewhere out in this future waiting to be grabbed, waiting to be held. And this simply just isn't true. The illusion of separation will have you running and running and chasing to be someone, to, to be something, to fulfill a dream, a career, to find the perfect relationship. Let's breathe into the fact that it is an illusion of separation. And you already are all. You are everything. And so we breathe in through the nose. And we hold it. And this time I want you to send this breath all the way to your belly. As you breathe in through your nose, imagine this beautiful white light entering your mind, your body, your heart, your soul. And we hold it at the forefront of our minds. And we send this light through our entire body as it cleanses, it heals. It forgives, it accepts. 
accept that you are this infinite conscious being. Accept that you are love and you are light. And you are living this human experience and you will make mistakes and that's okay. Accept your dreams as they are yours in this present moment. And we breathe. As we come home back into our bodies, we take the peace that surrounds us into all parts of this week. We take one more deep inhale. remember that you are love and you are light you are infinite and you are conscious you are part of this beautiful body of consciousness that connects everything and anything may we call it God the universe all is one I love you and I thank you when you are ready you may wiggle your fingers and your toes you may open your eyes, give it a good stretch. Namaste. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Heartway. Such a special community that we have. You have no idea how many uh, people I get from literally all over who hit me up and they asked me, is there any sort of community like this in my city, in my state, in my country? I had somebody from the UK hit me up on Instagram. And I said, I, if I knew where I could send you, I would send you there, but I don't know. Heartway um, is, is so unique because it is spirituality without the baggage of religion. And this isn't a place where you come to conform to a certain standard or set of beliefs in a lot of religious communities or spiritual communities. It's all about conformity. This is a place for self-discovery. And so you are your own teacher here. And nothing that I say should ever be elevated to the status of absolute truth. What I say may work in some contexts and not in others. And the opposite of everything I say may just as well also be true. And so this is a space where we are open to paradox. This is a space where we're open to mystery. This is a place where we're getting more and more grounded in ourselves and in God within ourselves. So today I want to talk to you specifically about the power of a calm mind. I was reading an article uh, this week about 
a guy who was in an airplane, like a, like a little one, and the pilot passed out. You saw that too, somebody? That's crazy. And this dude was like, I guess it's up to me to land this plane. And he has no experience whatsoever doing those kind of things. And so he put on his headset. He's talking to air traffic control. And when they were interviewing the air traffic controller that was guiding this guy, the air traffic controller said, I knew that that plane was flying like every other plane. What I had to do in that moment was make sure that this guy remained calm. And somehow, by a miracle, the dude was able to land the plane. Could you envision anybody doing that if they're nervous and freaking out and I don't know what to do and oh my God, which is what I would be doing in that situation, absolutely. I would just be doing this and praying and I don't know what I would do. But that guy was able to handle it. And this air traffic controller knew if he just stays calm, he'll be in control of all his energy and faculties, and we can actually make this happen. We can land this plane safely. I'm convinced that one of the best skills we can learn as human beings is the ability to stay calm under pressure. Life is always going to bring stress and pressure. And that stress and pressure, if it's not handled in the right way, is going to cause a lot of emotional reactivity within us. And when we're emotionally reactive, when we're quick to snap, we say things we don't mean, we do things eventually that we end up regretting. And what happens is when we feel like we're losing control of our lives, we start to panic and lose control over ourselves. And we start to lash out on other people when life doesn't seem to be meeting our expectations. Here's the, the big news flash. Life never will live up to all of your expectations. You will get disappointed. You will experience failure. You will go through loss. This is just a part of the deal. It's, it's, it's a part of the package of being human and living and existing. How you respond in those moments is what is going to reveal the power or lack thereof that you actually have as a human being. And true power isn't power over others. It's power over self. True power is not power over circumstances. It's power over self. This is why all throughout the scriptures, self-control is elevated as a virtue. In the New Testament, it's spoken of as a fruit of the spirit. So you know that God is at work in a human being's life when they're able to develop some sort of self-control. We can't control life. We can't control the things that happen to us, nor should we want to. You will always lose that game. That's God's job. That's God's business, how life turns out. But what I can control and do something about is, at least to an extent, my responses, my attitudes, my perspective, my demeanor, my disposition. And in order to do that, that involves me learning how to manage my internal world. How do we go about doing that? That is the big question. I want to read to you this um, quote from Bruce Lee. You can go back. It says, you will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is sitting back and observing everything 
with logic. If words control you, that means everyone can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass. In Stoic philosophy, they elevate something called apatheia. For them, that was their version of like salvation and liberation for a human being was to attain this state of mind called apatheia, which means freedom from passion. This is a state of mind in which someone is undisturbed by emotion. The great Greek philosopher Aristotle oftentimes would say that the highest virtue a human being can develop is this inner equilibrium between the extremes of excess emotion and deficiency of emotion. That sweet middle ground between excess emotion, I'm a slave to every emotion, in bondage to my emotions, or I don't feel anything at all, a total deficiency of emotion. What does it look like to find that middle space? Anybody ever heard of the phrase being blinded by emotion? Anybody ever experienced yourself being blinded by emotion, especially when it comes to romance? Oh my gosh, we got all these feelings and all these butterflies in our stomach and now all of a sudden, all of our discernment, all of our wisdom out the door because something else is taking over and y'all know what that is. We become blinded by our emotions. And the same is true in other instances and situations. When we're angry, when we're anxious, when we're really, really worried or sad, it's so easy to become blinded by, by our emotions. And I love that phrase because it's so telling. When our emotions are in the driver's seat, we can't see things clearly. We tend to mistake our feelings for facts. And our feelings are not facts. I love how uh, Brene Brown, anybody ever heard of Brene Brown? She has some incredible books, talks a lot about vulnerability, authenticity. And in one of her books, she mentions that when she gets into arguments with her husband, she'll say this phrase to him. She'll say, the story that I'm telling myself right now is X, Y, Z. Hey, you just did something that's kind of triggering to me. The story that I'm telling myself is you don't care about me, you're neglecting my needs, you're being selfish because this, that, or the other. That distinction that she's making between the story I'm telling myself and reality is huge. Emotional reactivity happens when we conflate those two things, when we cannot see the difference between reality and the story we're telling ourselves about reality. But if you can become aware of these narratives and these stories in your mind and make a distinction and own up to the fact that this is the story I'm telling myself, I don't know if this is necessarily true, so I'm not going to present it that way, but this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. You see how that's a much different approach than just putting your foot down. Oh, this is what you did. I know that this is what's going on right now in this situation, drawing a distinction. This allows you naturally to become calmer. You're more patient because you're slower 
to jump to conclusions. You're slower to make an assumption because you know my story isn't necessarily the whole story. My picture isn't necessarily the whole picture. We react the way that we do. We think the way that we do because of our conditioning. We are conditioned by our life experiences, by our genetics to respond to life and situations in a particular way. And if you're not aware of your conditioning when it is at play, you will mistake your feelings for facts. You will think that your story about what's happening is what's actually happening, and it may not be. In Numbers uh, chapter 20, in the Hebrew scriptures, there's a story about Moses, the leader of the people of Israel who Basically, God used to take them out of their slavery in Egypt after 400 years. This guy was leading the people of Israel to the promised land. And he had a moment of emotional reactivity. And it cost him a lot. They were wandering in the desert. And there was no water for a couple of days. And so the people were complaining to their leader. And they were saying, you took us out of Egypt, but at least they fed us there. You know, at least we had some water. It was really devastating. But man, we're out here. It seems like we're just going to die. And so Moses goes to God about it. And God says, I want you to speak to this rock. And when you do, a miracle's going to happen. Water's going to start flowing for the people. And so Moses, after he has this encounter with God, he goes back to the people. And instead of just doing what God said, this man gets pissed off and he says, you guys are rebels. You're hard hearted. You're not appreciative. He's like, you want some water? Fine. And he hits the rock with his stick and the water comes. But afterwards in this story, God says to Moses, hey, by the way, you're not going to go into the promised land anymore. You're going to take my people all the way there and I'm going to let you see it. But you can't go in. All because of this moment of emotional reactivity. Emotional reactivity always comes with a cost. And you got to ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> I want to pop off right now on this person because they're making me feel a type of way. I really want to go off on them because this, that, or the other. I really feel this type of way and I'm just going to let them know. When we're really immature, we're willing to do that and we take it as a badge of honor that I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to just let you know how it is. I'm not hiding my emotions. I'm just going to put it all out there. And that always is going to cause some sort of collateral damage. Your emotional reactivity will always come at a cost. Is the temporary pleasure... And the temporary payoff that comes from reacting from an emotional place worth the repercussions on the other side of it. That's something that we all have to ask ourselves. In most moments, it's not worth it. In some moments, it may be worth it for you. You just got to get something out there. But it may not always be the case. In this story, Numbers chapter 20 with Moses... Think about that resentment that he was holding on to that caused him to lash out on these people. Oftentimes, which is the other side of this, resentment like that comes because we don't communicate clearly to other people about the way we feel in the moment. So we deny our emotions or we hold it in. 
emotion is energy in motion. It's meant to be moved. What happens if you keep energy from moving, emotion from moving? It accumulates. And the more it accumulates, at some point it's gonna erupt out of you. And so it's also important to recognize that if you do feel a certain type of way, it's good to communicate that. It's good to let people know what your needs are. It's good to be clear because if you just hold it in, emotional reactivity becomes a lot easier of an option for you. It feels like the only option sometimes. So this is why it's really important for us to listen to our emotions, to listen to our emotions. Look at this quote from Robert Greene. He says, you like to imagine yourself in control of your fate, consciously planning the course of your life as best you can, but you are largely unaware of how deeply your emotions dominate you. They make you veer towards ideas that soothe your ego. They make you look for evidence that confirms what you already want to believe. They make you see what you want to see, depending on your mood. And this disconnect from reality is the source of the bad decisions and negative patterns that haunt your life. Rationality is the ability to counteract these emotional effects, to think instead of react, to open your mind to what is really happening as opposed to what you are feeling. It doesn't come naturally. It's a power that we must cultivate, but in doing so, we realize our greatest potential. And I realize that for a lot of us, as we hear these words and think about this idea of remaining calm, for some people, this seems very unrealistic. What I wanna show you is that there is a benefit in this for you. There is a benefit that comes from remaining calm when you are in a stressful situation, when you're in a high pressure situation. There's a benefit that comes from not always acting out of your emotion. And so, what do we do with all these feelings when we're there? We listen, because emotions are messengers. The idea is to work with them, not against them. The point isn't to get rid of your emotions, but to become intimate with your emotions, to understand your emotions. Even those emotions that we consider to be negative serve a function in small dosages. So anxiety may be a signal to you that there's a change that has to happen. Maybe you gotta rest a little bit because you're going too fast. Anger may be a sign that there's some boundaries you gotta put up. There's some steps you gotta take uh, to change your relationships, to change the people that you're around. Your emotions are always signaling something to you. What is it that my emotions are trying to tell me about what my needs are in this moment? As you can become comfortable with your emotions in this way, you will eventually learn how to articulate your emotions clearly without blaming other people for the way that you feel. So a lot of us, we act out of our emotion or we avoid emotion completely. The middle ground is to learn how to articulate our emotion in a way that doesn't cause other people to feel like they're at fault for it. 
here's the story that I'm telling myself right now. <laughs> this is how I feel. I was talking to someone the other day who was sharing about the fact that they were angry about something. And even though they were communicating the fact that they were angry, they didn't seem angry as they were speaking. And that for me is an example of somebody who listens to their emotions and who's comfortable with their emotions. Look at what this passage of scripture says in the book of Proverbs. The wise say very little and those with understanding stay calm. So it's about learning how to get really, really comfortable with your emotions. Emotional mastery doesn't mean you don't feel anything. It means you're comfortable feeling anything. You will experience negative states. You have no choice in the matter, but you can choose with a lot of practice and a lot of intentionality not to allow all of your thoughts and emotions to affect how you act, how you behave. So the key to developing a calm mind is growing a tolerance for uncomfortable emotions. For most of us, if we feel anxious, if we feel angry, if we feel sad, we also have this self-talk that is judging the fact that we feel that way. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why do I feel this way? We judge ourselves for feeling the way that we feel, and when you judge your feelings, that keeps you from understanding them, which ends up just perpetuating them all the more. That's how this whole thing works. And so, again, instead of acting out of your emotion or avoiding it completely, can I get comfortable enough with my emotions that I can articulate the way that I'm feeling in a way that is authentic, honest, humble, real, truthful, but also not creating more dissonance between me and other people, not creating more division between me and other people. In the book of Proverbs, it also says, a calm answer turns away wrath. So if somebody's coming at you really strong, if you have the ability to stay calm, you, by just regulating yourself, may end up regulating them too. It just happens naturally. But if you respond in like manner to the reaction that somebody else gives you, what do you think is gonna happen? Right, it takes two to tango. You respond to anger with anger, what is that gonna create? More anger. So by staying calm, not only are you now still in control, but also you're able to kind of diminish the aggressive energy that's coming at you from the other side. So I actually was listening to this podcast. It was a psychologist and neuroscientist from UM. And he was talking about the fact that there's actually some children who are born with their genetic makeup in such a way that they can't feel pain. Anybody ever heard of this? There's, there's kids that are born without the ability to feel pain. And the studies have shown that these people who cannot feel pain actually die earlier. You would think, if I don't feel pain, I'm good to go. Easy, life is easy. Walk in the park. But these kids actually die sooner 
because they're unable to feel pain. So they put their hand in the stove. They don't feel any pain. They don't know when to take it out. They get mosquito bites and they just keep scratching and scratching and now it's getting all infected. So their inability to feel pain actually causes them more harm. So negative emotions can actually be helpful and useful in small dosages. And just knowing that is really liberating because it keeps us from this imaginary ideal we have that we're never going to feel anything negative just because I pray or I walk with God or I meditate or I'm a spiritual person or I'm really religious. No, you're going to feel all the feels. Get comfortable feeling all the feels and listen to the message that these emotions are sharing with you. If that emotion is nagging, if it's not going away, there's some change, there's some adjustment that needs to happen. How can I go about taking those steps? Listening to my emotions. What are, what are the benefits of living like this? Number one, you have clarity. You're able to see with clarity. Number two, you're able to remain at peace. And when you're anchored in peace, that allows you to feel every emotion without being carried away by those emotions. Another benefit of keeping a clean, uh, clear mind and a calm mind is connection. You're able to stay connected with people because you're not allowing all of your judgments and your assumptions about them to get in the way. How do we do this? What are some action steps that we can take away with us today? Well, the first one is study yourself. Try to be at least just as interested in your own reactions as you are in the people and the events that are causing those reactions in you. Just study yourself. We love to study books. We love to study the Bible. Study you. Get to know you. That's what this is all about. Also, practice with the little stuff. You can't expect all of a sudden just hearing a talk or setting the intention that you want to be a calmer person that now all of a sudden that's actually going to happen. You're going to fail your way to a calmer state of mind. Right? You have to deal with the repercussions of your emotional reactivity. And that is what ends up teaching you. But you got to practice with the little stuff. Virtue is something that is created in the little moments and revealed in the big moments. So when, so when suffering happens, when, when big change happens in our life, that's just revealing who you already are and who you've always been the whole time. You don't develop character in those moments. You get to show who you are in those moments. So practice with the little things. And most importantly, pray. Use your emotions as a gateway into the presence of God. Get in touch with that immovable awareness on the inside of you. We, we always ask God to calm our storms, but God wants us to calm ourselves. And as you calm yourself, you get in touch with this dimension of your existence that is undisturbed by emotion. 
And from that place, when sadness comes, when anger comes, when anxiety comes, you can still actually carry a sense of peace with you while all of that is still there. That's the power of a calm mind. And so my prayer for you is that God would help you to get comfortable with feelings and emotions that are uncomfortable. Instead of running away, instead of fearing those emotions, lean into them. Listen, allow them to teach you and go about your life with peace, with love and with compassion in your heart. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your presence that is with us. We pray today that you would put us at ease, that you would calm our minds, that you would help us to develop self-control, to get comfortable with uncomfortable emotions, to find that middle place between excess emotion and elimination of emotion. We want to feel totally and completely, listen to the messages that our emotions are giving to us, and also not be carried away in our emotional reactivity so that we can maintain a sense of clarity, a sense of peace, and a sense of connection to other people. Help us to make a distinction between our story and reality, to know the difference between those two things. And, and that through this calmness and self-control, we can begin to develop wisdom. We thank you, God, that with your help and by your grace, all of this is possible. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for being with us. Love you. Have a great rest of the Sunday, and we'll catch you next week.